welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, we talked about our all-star reserves last week, and it didn't go as well as we'd hoped because there's a lot of malarkey going on, if you want to call it that, especially with, you know, Devin Booker and Trey Young being left out. But we'll talk about Devin Booker in a minute. But there's a lot of things going on in the NBA. But before we get into that, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Uh, I'm Daniel Huen. Uh I just want to, before I get to everyone else, I just want to give a shout out to the cast and crew of WandaVision. Look, I am not an employee of the Walt Disney Corporation, but I think it's one of the best shows on TV right now. So yes, I'm giving all those people who worked on the show a shout out and joining me as well. Big shout out to Lil Wayne for properly, properly giving Kobe Bryant his dues within a song, making a song all about him. I don't know about these rappers from Philadelphia, but we'll talk about that later. It's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sills. And of course we have. Yo, what up? This is Skylar Treppel. And uh, on that note, today is the one year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's celebration of life. And uh, for me, I know there's a lot of topics going on right now, but that is what I think of with Kobe, celebrating his life. Now we have a very special guest with us today. Hi, my name is Tony Tucker. From Project Drivel, uh, I did not come prepared with a shout out, so I'll just send some prayers out to Tiger Woods and his leg and hope that that uh, young man heals up and can get back on the golf course. No doubt. Yeah, prayers up to Tiger no Woods. And Tiger. We'll get into that in a little bit, but first, Tony, why don't you uh, tell a little bit about yourself to all the listeners out there? Uh, yeah, my name is Tony Tucker. I'm originally from Upper Michigan, called the Uper up there, way up by Canada. Uh, came out to California close to 20 years ago now, uh, dabbled in some acting, uh, landed, you know, had some fun, did all that, and uh, decided to move out of the city, bought a house, didn't have, you know, you're supposed to have skills when you, when you get a house, you know, like right. build, clean, fix. I don't have, the only skills I have are sitting in front of a camera um, and so, and all I do is talk nonsense. So I came up with project that I needed in drivel, project drivel. And I started this little adventure, getting in front of the, uh, the camera and talking sports, talking life, talking parenting, all that good stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting you talk about, you know, sports and life, because in many ways, sports and life kind of intertwine, right? Because we, we, we mentioned Tiger Woods and, it's crazy how I wasn't expecting my day to go like that, to be stuck on my phone looking at, is he going to be okay? Is what happened? Is he, where did it happen? Like what was going on? And so, you know, it's interesting that sports and life kind of intertwine and it's a funny story. Uh, about 19 years ago when I was, uh, when I was flying from Ireland to, to England to visit my dad who was working in Manchester at the time, when we got stopped at the, uh, at the airport gate, one of the uh, airport security people were like, hey, you look like Tiger Woods. And at the time, I was, what, six, around six years old. And I had no idea who that was. And the dudes were just like, hey, you look like Tiger Woods because I had my cap on and everything. I'm like, thanks, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) She just said, no, my name is Lion Forest. (laughs) If only, right? Well, I mean, to be fair, at that time, I didn't know how to speak English. So I was just really kind of like trying to process everything and my mom was like oh cool tiger woods cool yeah thanks but you know tiger woods like even though he didn't speak english i had no idea who he was i was just smiling and waving like yeah thanks i appreciate (laughs) that cool and then we just went to the philippines what was that from the philippines 
We're, yes. we're about, okay. I married into a Filipino family. My, my wife is from Cebu. She uh, ah. came here when she was five. Um, yeah, that's it's uh, her, some of her family still still learning English 30 yeah. years later. Tough it's, conversations with my father in law. Well, I mean, it's a tough conversation no matter what language you guys speak. So, I mean, well, yeah, I don't we, we get along good. We basically, just keep it to the Lakers. So if the Lakers are playing good, the relationship's good. <laughs> yeah. yep. we'll get into the we'll get into the lakers in a little bit but yeah just one more kind of a uh, note that g mentioned i mean we're talking about philly rappers and just want to get your guys's quick thoughts on this because meek mill is facing backlash after including the line quote yeah and if i ever lack i'm going out with my chopper it be or buy another kobe and people said this is horrible this is in in really bad taste and Vanessa Bryant even said dear at meat mill I find this line to be extremely insensitive and disrespectful she wrote period I am not familiar with any of your music but I believe you can do better than this if you were a fan fine there's a better way to show your your admiration for my husband this lacks respect and tact and apparently he apologized to her in private so just quick thoughts is this legit do you think that this was just kind of like a, a marketing ploy because you know all I guess all publicity is good publicity, right? Well, I mean, in theory, it's true. But at the end of the day, whether this was publicity or not, whether he was a fan or not, this I completely agree with Vanessa Bryant saying here, this was incredibly offensive. This was obviously two on the nose. It's all, It's been, what, only one year since the incident happened? And even then, like, even if this was 10, 15 down, years down the line, it, it still would not feel so great because, you know, that's just – no, you just don't say things like that. And it, it's like there are way better ways of honoring Kobe's memory, and this is definitely not one of them. So, yes, incredibly offensive. Facts. I have to agree with you, Daniel. Uh, Kobe Bryant is a, is a was a basketball player. We all know that. He was a star within the NBA. And as a rapper, I feel like if you have the the knowledge, the wherewithal to be able to write your own lyrics, so I don't know if he's ghostwriting. Shout out to Drake. Um, but <laughs> – but, you know, we could have made a basketball reference. I have that clip like I'm Kobe. I'm shot crossing people over. Like, you know, like there's mm -hmm. other ways of, of referencing Kobe. But this hits hard. You know what I'm saying? Like this affected the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to put Kobe on a pedestal or anything like that. But he was he was a positive. He was a positive person in every in people's lives. And to use his tragedy as a, as a line for a song that ain't even good. I haven't even heard the song. Meek Mill hasn't been revelant to me since Dreams and Nightmares. I'm kidding. But this is putting a lot of like, I, I think this is a lot, a lot of bad publicity on Meek Mill. Cause I mean, eh, I agree. It's, it's just horrible. I don't, I didn't like it. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you guys. And, and more importantly to me, you know, I remember when January 26th was coming up this year uh, where we did our Kobe podcast, you know, check that out. We all really were, I mean, we just love Kobe on this podcast. That's the reality. That was a great time. And uh, the thing is for me, she said, talk about their life and legacy, not what happened on that day. And, and that's always how I'll be yes. Kobe's life. I can't wait for the mole. I can't wait for the Hall of Fame. I can't wait for the statue. Uh, and like I said, one year ago today was the celebration of life. And that's how I view Kobe because Kobe Bryant was all about moving forward and his legacy inspiring others. And so for me, that's when you talk about Kobe ever, you know, you think of other lines like uh, B. Revenzer Bentley, uh, Lloyd Banks, 
uh, got my ring and my confetti. I'm Kobe Bryant ready. Exactly. That's the kind of way you shout out Kobe. And that's the way it should always be because that's his legacy. So focus on the life and the legacy and celebrating that when it comes to Kobe beating Bryant, because that's what I remember. And I can't wait to celebrate. Uh, he's a phenomenal person. And, and we always talk about that, but I can't wait to just have fun talking about his basketball legacy with his hall of fame induction. So I always love to try to keep it positive about uh, my main man, the Mamba. Uh, I don't know Meek Mill. Uh, I'm not familiar with him. Um, here's the problem is that like, if it were just him that passed away, I could see something being used there, but it's like all the other families that haven't been nearly as discussed as much. And also the fact that his daughter was lost inside of this tragedy is like, it just, it takes it to a bigger level. We would, Whenever we lose a legend too early, it was the same thing that happened that I thought about with Tiger Woods the other day. It's like all of the people that are connected to this, it's not just Kobe Bryant. So if you think that you're being clever by putting this in there, uh, Rel, you hit it on the head. Like you can, you can do better than this. You, if you can't, then you hire a writer who can do better than this because there's more people uh, attached or this is the most painful moment of their existence. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point that not many people pay attention to the other families, right? You look at the Altabelli family yeah. or like even the pilot. And it's interesting because I actually saw that um, Montrez Harrell was going to wear his Reebok questions, I think. And it was all decked out with the names of everyone who perished on that day. So that's a way to honor like a tragedy like that and not doing something like this because for all intents and purposes, this is this is horrible. Like, I understand you're trying to make money and trying to get publicity, but you know, like everyone's saying, this is the worst way to go about it. Like, you can just hire a writer. I think he was really in the studio. Like, this is the right here. Like that line was the like. Come on, bro. No, no. When when something like that happens, you honor you honor the lives. You know, you talk about the the legacy and Gigi Bryant and. How much of a baller she was too and and kobe and his inspiration and and you know for me personally it's it's never about the tragedy it's always about uh the positive impact they had and will continue to have and the, the dude I, went out of the game with 60 with a 60 point game at like age 57 and he, he shot free throws with, with a torn achilles tendon there's so many positive things that you could have said that how he went out of something just keep it on the court and in between the lines not the most tragic day of so many people's lives right yeah and you know we're we're talking about the lakers just to switch gears into something a little bit better i suppose but since we're talking about the lakers what do you guys think about devin booker actually replacing anthony davis i think that's a good move he should have been there in the first place not some whatevers, but that's a different story. But yeah, Devin Booker replaces Anthony Davis on the All-Star game. Gee, you're kind of smiling, rocking back. What's going on? Because <laughs> uh, we had this discussion, you know, shooting bricks, moving to the sticks. Uh, that's <laughs> just a little preview for, you know. But anyways, eventually. Uh, I just, eventually. But um, I, I, I mean, it's kudos to Devin Booker. Cool. I just, I'm still on the wave of he, did, he didn't deserve an All-Star, uh, not this year. That's just my opinion. I mean, but we had Jarell, this discussion. Uh, we had this Jarell, discussion last I night just, about. I, yeah. I, 
I got to bring it to the pod. The listeners got to <laughs> gotta hear my take. I, I, I completely disagree, Jarrell. Uh, Devin Booker is one of the, honestly, offensively, he's one of the best young scorers in the game. I think you can even argue offense as far as, like, offensive scores go. He's prob- He could actually crack the top 10. Um, I think he... I think he's obviously the the biggest player for this Phoenix Suns franchise. The fans, he's obviously a fan favorite. Um, and you know, and at the at the end of the day, I picked him to be on my also reserve. So out of all the people he, could, he that could that could have been picked, I think Devin Booker is a safe choice. I like this move. Y'all know that I picked Devin Booker for my all-star reserves and absolutely a really interesting stat I looked up is that the Phoenix Suns offense completely runs through Devin Booker with 30, a 30% usage rate. 30.8. 30.8. Are you kidding me? Like, dude, and they're the fourth team in the West, and he's a phenomenal scorer. He's a phenomenal player. He's improving, and I, I absolutely believe Devin Booker deserves to be an all-star and could have been an all-star earlier. Can I get a, a stat check real quick on what the usage percentage was last year when the team was not very good? The The MVP of this team is Chris Paul. What Chris Paul did with the Thunder last year, what he's I doing agree. with the team this year. Now he's on the all-star team as well. Exactly. And he should be. But my thing with Devin Booker is that like, if we're going to make it about showcasing your, your stars and your future stars and who's relevant right now, you got to make room for Devin Booker because the dude's a baller and he's exciting. And AD, even as a Lakers fan, wouldn't have, he's not having, if you compare AD to past ADs, this year's AD was not very good, wasn't very efficient, struggling at the line, but he still had all-star numbers compared to the position because that big man position is kind of weak as it is. I mean, people are jacked about Rudy Gobert. I don't know how you guys feel about him. He's amazing and wonderful, but he's basically this generation's Ben Wallace. Like, there's not really an off offensive threat there it's like defensive rebounding prowess so like I wouldn't have I I would make room for Devin Booker on it and I think he should fill in since AD needs to be resting anyways because Lakers are much more important than a pickup hoops game that doesn't matter yeah Yeah, going back to no fans (laughs) go ahead I, I totally agree the point that I'm trying to make is if Devin Booker gets snubbed, I, I I don't care. I'm not, what? If this is absurd, why is he not on the list? Because we've seen players that have done far more than what Devin Booker has done, career-wise, uh, legacy-wise, season-wise, that not make the All-Star game. And you're talking about offensive juggernaut. Bradley Bill didn't make the All-Star game. He didn't get all NBA, all, all NBA team. And he's an offensive juggernaut. He's eclipsed the 30 points per game. He's did things that... I know Devin Booker scored 70 points and lost, but I just, I, you know, Devin Booker doesn't do anything on a defensive end. Sorry. And for him, for you to say that the offense is just the offense, that's, that's what's getting them in. That's just reminding me of players like Kevin Martin. And I, I've made this, this oh, argument no, before, but, look, okay. but listen, but listen, but listen, but listen, hear me out. Hear me out. I think a, um, a more fair uh, comparison might be Brandon Roy. I think that's a fair comparison for Devin. Brandon Roy but, was a good player as well. Uh, but but clutch gene and, and but, Devin, he's going to be box office. Brandon Roy Bro. didn't have a clutch gene. What are you talking about? He was on top of that. Booker at this point in his career, it's, it's pretty. But good. what has I mean, Booker done? He hasn't done anything, bro. I'm yeah, sorry. Devin Booker. Is, All he does is, is score. He's, he's producing. I will say score. he is producing All Star numbers, and he deserves Absolutely. some recognition. And if there's a spot, AD just vacated. Devin Booker should be looked at, and they have looked at it, and he's on the all-star. If C.J. McCollum wasn't injured, Devin Booker would not be in a conversation. 
Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> no, I can't agree. I can't agree. Maybe. TJ maybe. is 10 times better than, Thank than you. Devin Booker. Because at and, least CJ tries on and, ahead, and Jared made an excellent point last night. I'm glad we had a discussion last <laughs> night before this. Uh, the whole turnover to assist ratio. CJ McCollum is a column. Uh, column is a combo <laughs> guard. Devin Booker, all he does is score. <laughs> I understand he averages four assists. Look at the turnover uh, ratio. Like you know, it's it, that's it. Like I guess if scoring gets you All Star appearances. I, I never I, I don't see it. I didn't see Monte Ellis. I didn't but, see but Kevin, uh, Martin. Some some good players game. in the NBA have have defensive deficiencies all the time. In the West. Like Luka Doncic had. Luka Doncic is defenses. averaging a triple double and is leading his <laughs> ass team to the playoffs. Devin Booker with with the ass team has never gotten his team to the playoffs. Devin Luka Doncic is a three year pro had his team in the playoffs second year in the league. Devin Booker has never reached that, and that's partly to blame. Jarrell, my son. point was players have deficiencies all. All the time every no one has a perfect you just game. said you just said no one has a perfect you just said game. Luka Doncic has deficiencies Luka Doncic is a way better offensive player than yeah. uh, Devin Booker he's averaging a triple mother double my guy what is <laughs> Devin Booker doing yeah, yeah. Devin, Booker, Devin Booker may be weak on on defense but he's an offensive juggernaut he's okay so okay hang on let me let me <laughs> hop in here real quick let me hop in real quick so all right Daniel 10 seconds who are you going to give the ball to on what? Or Luca? I mean, Luca. I'm gonna get Booker. Booker. <laughs> I mean, there we go. There we go. Oh, conversation Luca, Luca, But De- Devin will be a good second option. He will I saw what Luca did yesterday too. I know that, but still, Booker. I trust him in the clutch. Luca's I've seen Luca miss good. a ton of game so, winners too. So in I the, trust both in the clutch. I trust both. Yeah, in they're the both phenomenal. I'm not. I'm so, not oh, yeah. You have to pick one. You have to pick one because we're not. We're not going to play this game where we're stuck in the middle, right? We're not that. So if. In the same situation Obviously, I would that we pick saw, Luka. if we we had the same situation as last yes. night, you know, Skyler, who would you pick? Would you pick Luca or would you pick Devin Booker? I'm going Devin Booker. Wow, really? Okay, okay. I am. I really, tr- I really. Again, man, as you guys know on this podcast, I usually trust the word of Kobe Bryant. And I know Kobe was a big fan of Luca too. But be legendary. Wrote it on book shoes and seeing the clutch buckets he's hit. <laughs> And honestly, for me, like, it's just that bucket in the bubble where he falls down and he's on the ground. To me, it's about creating those memorable moments. And I'm really not like, to me, I don't know. Yeah, like, yes, Luca's the better player right now. I mean, it, but I'm not, that's not the argument I'm making here. I'm just saying Devin Booker is an all-star and Devin Booker has those moments that you remember. And to me, that's, that's a huge part of what makes an all-star Which is, is who can produce big time box office moments. And to me, Devin Booker is big time box office. Which which this question is all about. It's is Devin Booker deserving of an all-star not? And the and the my answer is yes, he is. All right. I mean Tony Tony, where do you comment on this? Yeah. Uh wow. Uh Skyler, <laughs> do you you meant you use a lot of words like will be, could be. There's a lot of potential in your argument of Devin Booker. And we're talking about Luca right now. And I'm somebody that thinks Luca's a little overrated, but I would still put him ahead mm. of Devin Booker, right? Like I'm not making an argument. I never no, I definitely am not saying that Devin Booker is better than Luca Doncic at all. I'm I know, saying and I know I'm you're not, not saying it, but your argument for him is a lot of like he will be these things in the future. Well, Devin I Booker is clutch. He's regular season bubble shots. I mean, we saw Luca do it in the playoffs last year and we're seeing Luca do it regularly on this team. 
to me, to me, you can't go wrong with either one in an all-star game. But if you had, like, it sounds like going forward, you'd prefer to have Luca over Devin Booker, like on a real squad. Is that true? Like if right you right had, now? yeah. And that, that I just, I don't, I don't see how that, I mean, isn't, isn't Luca getting like 10, 11 assists to give like, what is what's his numbers? Like what he does for all of his, his teammates just seems so much more than what I've seen Devin Booker do for his teammates. Yeah, no, I just said, I'd rather have Luca on a squad point. Oh, okay. I thought you said Booker. I'm sorry. Nope. Headphone issue there. Um, mm-hmm. they, they both should be in. If this game doesn't mean anything, if I'm a veteran, I want the nod, but I don't even want to play. Especially if they, if you just the Lakers, I don't want AD anywhere near this. I want LeBron on to be like, oh, I got the sniffles, I can't make it. You know, send all the Nets, send everybody else there, go play as much fake hoops as you want to play, and let the Lakers stay home and rest, so we can win another championship. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. Uh, as much of a competitor as LeBron is, he's going to be like, you know what, this is going to be one of those things where. I didn't want this to happen in the first place. So play me five minutes in the first quarter, whatever first half. And then I'm just going to sit out the rest because he's LeBron James. He can do whatever he wants. But, you know, when it comes to doing things that, you know, you can do whatever you want. Apparently that's what the Timberwolves did because they fired Ryan Saunders, who compiled a 43 and 94 record in his few years there. And it's kind of weird because after they fired him, Woj reported that Minnesota won't be looking for an interim coach. They're, they're doing their due diligence and looking. But then almost immediately after they fired him, they hired Chris Finch, who is an assistant on the Toronto Raptors. And it's interesting because Gerson Rosas is the uh, basketball, uh, the president of basketball operations of the Timberwolves. They have a relationship, uh, Finch and Rosas. So people are saying, hey, that's kind of iffy that you fired him and then five minutes later, this report was well, not five minutes, but you know, you get the idea extremely quickly. You guys have a new coach without even looking at the guy who was on the bench, right? David Vanterpool, who has been on the bench for numerous seasons and is extremely effective in growing, you know, backwards because he was with the Portland trailblazers. He helped, you know, bring up CJ and Dame to the levels that they're at. And obviously they spoke out about him not getting hired, but, it's just a weird situation that they overlooked a really integral part of their kind of like bench unit to go for someone else who just happens to be in another friggin' conference. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things to digest there, but quick thoughts on it because I think this is kind of weird. I you mean know, coaching I hires think- like this don't happen regularly, especially when you're taking someone from another coaching staff just like that. But it, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. Go ahead, Daniel. Um, it is weird, but at the same time, it's in a weird way. It's not really. I, I honestly don't think it's surprising. It's just like the real world is all full of connections, and in these you know high you know high demanding kind of like you know high public jobs. I mean, it's it's it, it all comes down to like who you know, like not what your ability is. So I think oh, yeah. this is obviously one of those situations. Um, Chris. I mean, the whole, I mean, I guess this move is maybe a little bit interesting because he's coming from the Raptor staff and Nick Nurse is honestly, in my opinion, he's a top three coach in the NBA as of today. Uh, but at, on, in honesty, this is, this is a deadbeat franchise. I think this, I consider the, you know, the last five years 
in Minnesota to be a completely failed rebuild. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, they're all solid young players, but they pale in comparison to the other young players we're seeing in, t- uh, in the league right now, like Zion, Tatum, Trey, even I mean, Trey Young. To and, be fair, the, the tandem of them, I think in 45 games, they've only played five games together. That, so. that, is, that is true, but I just think there's just way more better player, young players better than them. I don't think their, their ceiling is and honestly is not that high. Uh, it, it, this is something like, you know, he is, is, I think Finch is probably the first assistant to be hired from Nick Nurse's coaching tree, right? Or ha- have there been others? I'm pretty sure there, he might have been the first. Not entirely sure because Nick Nurse is fairly new. I think this is his third year coaching. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's had enough time. I mean, I guess the interesting part is like whether Nick Nurse assistants will be able to form a really solid coaching tree. But uh, it's at the end of the day, I know I've said that completely many times. This is a deadbeat franchise. It it doesn't this story honestly doesn't really interest me as a whole. I mean, you had a lot to say about it. For <laughs> I, I said the word honestly like seven times. Here. It's just like, well, like whatever, like whatever, like. Minnesota's irrelevant. <laughs> it's irrelevant. It's an irrelevant basketball city. No offense to T Wolves fan, but I'm sorry. It is. What? That's harsh. All right, Big go shout ahead, out G. To KG. Big shout out to Kevin. No Garnett, doubt. But um, hey, Kevin Garnett was a beast. Uh, he was. I I, I think hey. this was a, a weird situation because like it just seems like this was happening before the news broke out that they fired Ryan Saunders. Um, I think Minnesota, if they wanted to change the trajectory of their organization, they should have took a little bit more time to kind of lose some games, you know, make sure you ensure another uh, <laughs> a pick, you know what I'm saying? Uh, show Ross, some loyalty. goes to uh, Golden State, shout out. Make sure that oh. whoever's, fa- whoever's facing the Timberwolves, please, please, please lose so that it falls out of the top three because that goes to Golden State. Bruh. Um, but yeah, they should have took some time to kind of, uh, adjust, um, assess their situation, you know, pick some, pick a candidate that you really feel is going to change how your organization is going. Cause the Timberwolves, like Daniel says, pretty ass. They haven't been doing much. Um, yeah. but I also agree with this take. I don't, I don't think the Timberwolves are doing anything with D-Lo and, and Kat. Cat uh, maybe, but D-Lo, uh, I don't see it. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I, I think, you know, Main main thing for me, most of what's been said has been said, but you got to give everyone a fair look, I would say. And it seemed like it happened really quick. And, you know, to, to have an assistant in the ranks and uh, not really give him a look, not really take the time to think about it is highly questionable. But we also don't know what was going on uh, behind the scenes. But, no, I'll always have love for the T-Wolves. I am from Winnipeg, Canada. They're they're close to us. I played some preseason games here. And also, yeah, KG, one of the – oh, my God, one of the greatest players of all time. Phenomenal. And uh, I don't know. I hope, the T- I hope the T-Wolves can do something because, you know, KG ran with, with Carl Anthony Towns, and they need more help right now because it hasn't done much. But uh, I'd like to see the T-Wolves back in the playoffs at some point and see KG cheering them on and maybe get involved with that ownership group sometime. I mean, honestly, yes. the, Minnesota has not been relevant ever since the 2004 Western Conference Finals. Let's be real. They have not been relevant since that loss to, you know, Shaq and Kobe's last year in LA. Yeah, I was just going to ask, can somebody find out when they were established as an organization? Because they've been rebuilding since that time. I grew up, <laughs> they, were, they were garbage when I was a kid with J.R. Ryder. Then they struggled with KG. Then they've been rebuilding with Rubio's and whoever else comes through the door. Yes, so they've been 
They've been rebuilding since 87. They, <laughs> they've never been good. I don't understand. I was just looking this up because I'm like, I didn't see this. Nothing came through on my phone. There was no like updates or anything. I was like, this is, I don't remember ever a time a coach being fired and then no interim tag being placed. Like normally that's like you just move on to whoever the head assistant was. He gets an interim tag and you go along. It's still pretty early in the season, but to hire a, a coach, just like this from another organization, it's like, oh, somebody in there was like, let's do, there's some favory stuff happening here where it's like, let's get this guy. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. The Wolves aren't, aren't going to be good. They, they get, can get every top draft pick they want. It's just not good. It's not a good order. They need to move. I don't know if that even helps, but I mean, uh, 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 a basketball team has moved from that place of the world before. You know, uh, (laughs) Minneapolis could have been a great, could have been a great NBA town, but you know. Oh, come on, George Mikan fan here. What are we talking about? He's like, (laughs) well, he's a fan of the uh, big man. Even James Naismith doesn't remember the Lakers being in Minneapolis. Come on. Don't try to take this team away from us. That is true. It is ours now, but, you know, the origins. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, speaking of the entire process, it's kind of weird because I mentioned David Vanderpool. And a lot of the – he was with the the Trailblazers from 2011 to 2019, and he just happens to be African-American. And, like I said, he helped make CJ and Dame the duo that they are. And when they – you know, when the Timberwolves picked up Chris Finch, CJ and Dame were really, really upset about this because, you know – here is a very successful African-American assistant coach, but instead they passed over him with another assistant coach that just happens to be white. And it's so, I don't, I don't want to use the term egregious because I don't think that's the right word to use, but I'm just going to use it anyway. It's, it was so egregious that, you know, Rick Carlisle and the NBCA, the NBA coaches association executive director, Dave Fogel, David Fogel actually had to put out a statement about the NBA's hiring practices when it comes to coaches, just so they, you know, they can clear up any, any weird things that may be lingering. And they even stated that, you know, diversity is something that we want to include. And it just, just so happened that this weird instance didn't include that. So I don't know if that makes it easier to swallow, I guess, to digest that this dude, David Vanderpool just got overlooked someone else but i don't know it's it's really interesting this entire situation that's why a lot of people are more concerned about what this means for african-american coaches moving forward because if an extremely you know capable person is on the same bench but doesn't even get the job what does it mean for other coaches right like what it sets it sets a weird precedent if that makes sense it's personally at the end of personally i honestly think this move was more connections based more than anything but I will say it is, it's not, it's still not a really good look. It, it, it sends weird, complex signals to, you know, to to other minority assistants in the NBA looking to get a chance at the, at the big time. So it's, yeah. I, it's like the way they, I, the way Minnesota handled this was honestly not. Well, also, that what's to me, what's the rush, dude? Like, you, if yeah. you have, yes, like, it's not like what were the Pistons going to fire Dwayne Casey and they were like, <laughs> we got to get Finch. We have to have this guy. He has to be on our team. Like there was no rush. There was no like, you know, gold being found here. 
they could have waited and saw what they had on their own roster first and then given him a look in the offseason. I've yeah, never which, heard of this guy until you brought him up. Yeah. He, <laughs> Chris Finch has actually been around the world as an assistant coach for many different clubs, but he most recently was with the Toronto Raptors, like I said. And Gerson Rosas, he's actually the first Latino executive in the NBA. So, you know, it's where do you where do you go from this situation, right? Like, cause it's such a weird thing to do that we're, if you're like, if you're Rick Carlisle, right. And you're, and you're trying to, you know, be the head of all the coaches, the coaches association, what do you tell your guys? What do you tell like, you know, a Sam Cassell or something, or like a Chauncey Billups saying, Hey, sorry, this happened, but we hope this won't happen again. We Should just have been Steve Nash, homie. Yeah, I right? mean, like, what? It's, it's the same. We look at it the same thing every year. Like, they act like, oh, well, we're going to have a honest conversation about this. Like, you need to have more of that conversation. You need to just yeah. go ahead and yeah. do the hiring for some teams or something yeah. needs to change because you look around and guys are on the bench that are qualified for or have the same qualification. Chauncey Billups is a champion. Like, what more do you need? The guy played under Larry Brown, who's an all-time great coach at player development. He, it's, I just look at it, I'm like, well, you can continue to say all the PC things you want, all of these leagues, but until there's, like, something done about it, I'm just like, all right, have all your polite discussions you want, but nothing's ever, it doesn't change. Uh, Everyone's a fair shot. I mean, words are words, but action is all that matters. Yeah. And on that note that you made, Skylar, of, you know, everyone deserves a fair shot. What about the Marcus Cousins then? I'm not for a coaching position, thank God, but he's a Imagine that. Imagine that. Man. No, no, I mean, uh, I kind of ejected from every game. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Uh, what's his face? Crawford, Jim Crawford, or whatever his name is. The dude Joey who, Crawford. Yeah. Joey Crawford, the dude who tossed Tim Duncan for smiling on the bench. Thank God he's not coach or refereeing anymore. But uh, yeah, no, because he's um he's been waived after Steven Salas saying that those are just rumors that he was going to get waived. Well, he got waived, and Boogie was reportedly not happy about playing backup minutes to Christian Wood. And I did some uh I did some digging. Right, they're per thirty six numbers this year, and as it stands, Christian Wood is better than Demarcus Cousins in mostly every facet, especially the way that. You know the Rockets are playing. Ever since they've gone out, they've lost seven straight. So they're they need him back. But yeah, Demarcus Cousins got waived, and you guys are gonna hate this. The Lakers are not expected to pursue Boogie per the LA Times. So with the LA Lakers out of the way, where do you think he'll most benefit? Because I say the Warriors, because the Warriors need a big. I mean, James Wiseman came back, but we still need bigs because Kevon Looney is still out. So Draymond's, you know, he's there. But yeah, where do you guys think he'll uh, he'll fall? Personally, um, I don't know at this point with Demarcus Cousins. I think he has become a journeyman um, in this uh, point of his career. That injury really did wreck like whatever you know career spotlight that he had at the time. Uh, I think he needs to personally. I think he needs to be on a on, on either a playoff to championship contender that's where he he'll, he'll be most effective so i guess the uh, a second go around with golden state would fit uh per, uh 
I wish the uh, you know the Lakers front office would have at least considered him. Um, I just th- I just th- think the fact that the Lakers are not even going to consider him kind of highlights his whole problem during his, his, a big problem during his entire career that his personality was kind of difficult in the locker room, and we saw that for uh, firsthand in Sacramento. So, uh, I mean, I whatever team picks him up, if I'm Demarcus's uh, Demarcus's agent, like I want to be in on a playoff bound team. Um, or I want to be in a championship contender, like, you know, maybe, maybe like be a good veteran presence in Atlanta. They could use, they can use all the help they can get in Atlanta for, to help Trey Young progress in his career. I think Um, that really quickly, G, I feel like DeMarcus Cousins would have been good on the Lakers because they have that AD Boogie Cousins, you know, tandem from way back in the day. I think it would have been. That was a really good I think really it would have been. Of, but... I think it would have been a, a good fit. I just think it kind of highlights that, like that's that's maybe Demarcus still hasn't exactly, or possibly never will overcome his, you know, his his personality issues in that in in that space. And he, right, G. It, yeah, G, go uh, ahead. I'm not I'm not tripping on the Lakers passing uh, Demarcus Cousins. There's there's other bigs out there that kind of fit what we, we we what we need. In all honesty. The- Marcus Cousins and Marcus R are the same. <laughs> I mean, just stretching yes. the floor. That's that's it. I know. I know the production is just a little bit different. You know, they're big bodies. They're going to play positional defense. I mean, we're going to we need rim protection. So, I mean, I don't think Hassan Whiteside is a bad idea. Uh, let him come off the bench, block some shots, rebound. I know it's going to mm-hmm. be kind of weird with Trez and him, but you know, we'll figure something out. So, I'm not tripping on that. Um, in addition to the whole DeMarcus Cousins conversation, he's in a similar situation to Demar- uh, Dwight Howard. Now, you know, with Dwight Howard uh, got that back injury, went to so many different teams have to figure out what his role is and then excelled at it as coming off the bench so he's gonna have to swallow his pride and and figure it figure it out you talk about all these championship teams or playoff contenders he's gonna be coming off the bench for them for them too if i'm the warriors i'm not starting demarcus cousins over james wiseman that's no you (laughs) so he's gonna be coming (laughs) up he's gonna be He's going to be coming off the bench regardless of where he goes. Now, for picking the team for him to go to, I know this is always tough. Uh, if if he wants the most minutes, the smart the smart decision will be to go to the, the Washington Wizards. They're missing a big. They need a big. Let him play with Russell Westbrook. Let him play with Bradley, Bradley Bill. Uh, Jared makes the face. I'm going to give two scenarios. You know, I'm always extra like a pack of gum. But that's that scenario for him to get more minutes. Wizards, for his best situation as far as team goes, I think the Portland Trailblazers will be a solid fit for him. Because they don't have any – their bigs are injured. Uh, let him get some offense going. I think we we mentioned this before in previous episodes. Gary Trent Jr. is their second leading scorer with, like, 13 points a game. So, add, add DeMarcus Cousins to that mix with Carmelo Anthony. Let them get mad at each other and shoot some mid-range shots. I think it would be cool. Wow. Those are great takes. And, you know, especially when you bring up DeMarcus Cousins being like Dwight Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard won a championship with the Lakers. So, a Warriors reunion sounds very cool. I never thought about him on the Wizards, but I think that could be really interesting with Westbrook and Beal as well. Portland Trailblazers, also a very nice fit, gritty team. For me personally, though, the only official center on the Boston Celtics roster is Taco Fall. And for me, I would like to see DeMarcus Cousins. Daniel Tice is considered a forward. Um, Sorry, I saw Jared's face there. And so uh, Daniel Tice is considered a forward. And I think DeMarcus Cousins would be a really nice fit on the Boston Celtics as a three-point shooting big and also able to provide that inside presence for them because, you know, Daniel Tice is not a very big center. That's uh, that's why he's not even listed as one. And, you know, Taco Fall – 
not the most mobile center, we'll say. So I think DeMarcus Cousins could really make an impact with the Celtics, and they are a pretty young team. Um, if I'm, I might be wrong, but I believe they, did Kemba Walker also go to Kentucky? No, Connecticut. No, he was Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Were they in the in same Calhoun. draft class? That's what I think. I don't know. Anyways. No. No. Okay. Uh, you know, we make mistakes sometimes. Uh, anyways, though, the Marcus Cousins on the Boston Celtics would not be a mistake. He would be a great fit. Skyler, I, I like that. That's where I was going if nobody dropped it in. Um, uh, trying to hit at all the thoughts I had here. If he goes to the Warriors, uh, they would be trying to set a record for the least amount of defense ever played by a basketball organization. Gary Trent I mean, Jr. is about to get paid by some team this offseason. The dude's putting up buckets. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, we don't need him on, on the Lakers at all. Um, I think if he actually believes that he should be playing more minutes than Christian Wood, he may be the only person and the rest of the Cousins family, his mom and his cousins, would think he's the only one who should be playing ahead of Christian Wood. I'd like to see him on... I, I like your pick of the Blazers because I think with uh, Nurkic or uh, yes, right. Yusuf Nurkic is always mm-hmm. banged up or injured or something. So like you can have him there. Unfortunately, the NBA, we've just said goodbye to defense in general. So like, yes. it's not that big of a deal if he's not there. Um, but the Lakers really are missing somebody to protect the rim. I never thought that I would miss JaVale McGee as much as I have been this year where I'm just like, Gasol, if I can slide a single sheet of paper under your, <laughs> underneath your vertical, I'll be shocked. Like I, in Taco, oh yeah, I had another thought. Taco Falls. The first time I saw him the other night was in the Celtics game. They're down by three and he's standing in front of the basket for a tip-in because there's only 0.1 seconds on the clock because Luca just shot him to death. It's like, yeah this is the kind of minutes he's getting. He's getting fractional seconds. So the Celtics don't have a center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the weird thing is, go ahead, G, go ahead, go ahead. I, I still, I still think that the Celtics should go after Andre Drummond. They have, Ooh, the, yes. they have the trade exception. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's why I, I was, I, I'm thinking that's who they need to go after. hundred percent. I do agree. I do agree that the Marcus cousins will help them. Do we not consider Tristan Thompson a center? I know he's six no. nine. No, we don't. I mean, okay. I don't. Not in, I mean, not in my world. I mean, me either, but I, I guess think he's, he's been he's been out for a minute. I consider yeah. I consider him to be Le- LeBron's buddy, and that's about it. Like yes. uh, power forward, maybe. I'm not even sure. I the, I watched a lot of Celtics games this year because the Celtics were my preseason pick in the East. Um, <laughs> it's it's bad. It is everybody scores in the paint on them. Uh, Tristan Thompson is not as quick. He cannot play more than like 22 effective minutes. Fourth yeah. quarter comes, he's pulling on his shorts. I'm like, dude, aren't you still pretty young? Like, what's going on here? Tice, Car- who's got a lot of energy and effort. Holy Kardashian. Gets- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put him work wherever you can. Yeah. And speaking of work real quick, so the Warriors are actually fifth in defensive rating. Oh, as come on, Gerard. Don't right. take the wind out of my joke, buddy. Come on. I'm don't saying, even stats and facts. That's not how Project Earth rolls. You see that? You see that? <laughs> I know. I saw it. That's why I took the shot. And One I was of the worst. I was hoping so pointing to uh, his Warriors <laughs> posters behind for everyone at home. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> one, of, 
That 2017 uh, Warriors banner right there. I know, you guys had to pay extra for those to help compensate for buying KD. Those Honestly, one of the oh, worst. Yeah. The banners one? Worth every Honestly, penny. Honestly, one of the worst periods in NBA history as a fan. Okay, bro, we get it. You're a hater. Moving on. Um, so uh, we're talking about the Lakers, right? And they're actually still interested in P.J. Tucker along with the Nets, Bucks, and Heat. I know you guys are talking about room protection, but why would, you know, what, okay. Trying to get all my thoughts here. Which of the four teams best suits him, essentially? I mean, you got the Lakers. You guys said they need rim protection. You guys, you got the Nets, who are, you know, historically bad on defense, but they're just blowing teams out of the water, so what's the point? You got the Heat, whatever, and the Bucks. They're just kind of there. They're kind of middling. They missed, They lost, I think, what, five of six, four or five without Drew Holiday? So what do you guys think he'll best fit? Because personally, I think the Nets need him. I hate to say that, but the Nets need PJ Tucker for some sort of defense. But you know, I mean, uh, as a worse. as a Lakers fan, I would obviously, I think I would honestly want PJ Tucker. But I'm gonna have to say the Brooklyn Nets probably need him the most. Uh, yeah, they're blowing opponents out the water right now, out the wazoo. But that's all gonna change come uh, you know playoff time, playoff basketball. The nature of the game changes. Um, that's why these defensive issues will be the inevitable reason why the Brooklyn Nets will blow up uh, come NBA Finals time when they when it all falls apart. Uh, so yeah, the Nets. The Net, I think he's best fit on the Nets. But as a Lakers fan, I won't be lying. I, I would be like clawing my my eyes out for him. Damn, you acting like he's uh, Ron Artest or the second coming of Dennis Rodman or something. Uh, claw your eyes out, like, bro. Okay, Damn, like that. Uh, I, I agree. He would he would work on the Nets because you don't need him to score. Stand in the corner, yada yada. I'd be cool with him being on the Lakers too for the position defense. You know, I'd be cool with it. But I'm gonna be a little different. I'm gonna take a, another team. I'm choose another team. I'm gonna go to Milwaukee Bucks. Get some defense on the floor, space the floor out because PJ Tucker is a, is a good uh, corner three point shooter. So the more space you 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 allow Giannis to work, the better, right? So I think I think PJ to the Nets. You know, I, I mean I to actually, the Bucks, Bucks, my bad, Bucks. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I like what you're saying. G. It's uh, the Nets do seem like an obvious choice because they need defense. But when you think about Giannis Antetokounmpo's game and the box and Giannis being able to dish it out to shooters and having that extra defensive stoppage, oh my goodness, I think that could really, really make an impact for the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. So I like that fit. Miami Heat need all the help they can get, but they're not going anywhere this year. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, they're, it's surprising how bad they are. Like, I, I understand that Jimmy Butler's missed, what, ninth? 12 or 19 games because of COVID and all that, but you know, it sucks. But you know, Tony, what do you got? It, no, the, the, the heat will be heat are going to be just fine. There's still 35 games. Butler Butler's back. If he can play 33 of those games, they're going to make the playoffs. They're not going back to the, to the finals with no. the roster currently constructed. That was an anomaly. That was bubble. That was, sensitive grown men who couldn't quite figure out how to adjust to life away from their playstations and strip clubs and whatever else they were complaining about in the bubble. Um, PJ Tucker fits really any team. That's the best thing about PJ Tucker is he's a team player. There's so many teams that could benefit from having him. 
Um, Daniel, I am waiting for one of these players for you not to want. You're thirsty for us to get somebody out there. P.J. Tucker wouldn't be the guy for me because where's he going to play? He'd be a good player and he'd give us good minutes, but there's kind of – it's. I just don't know where he would fit in our rotation. Um, I like him on the Bucks. I like him on the Mavericks. The Mavericks need help uh, mm-hmm. defensively late in games. And they could also use – they need veterans. They need guys that are tough and have played deep in the playoffs. I think that's what we're seeing with what Chris Paul is able to do is to be able to get people in the right space. Chris Paul does his more on offense, getting people in the right positions, but PJ Pucker more on the defensive end, you know, like sort of that Udonis Haslam at the end of his career where he was basically just a coach on the floor until he just couldn't move around anymore. Iguodala is quickly becoming that guy. Yeah. But, Shout out to Iguodala, but you know, We've, we've been talking about the Nets for a little bit then. So just a, a quick question to you before I, you know, vomit some statistics. Should any Western Conference team worry about the Nets so far? Because they've won seven straight and KD's missed seven of the last eight and the Nets have gone six and two. They, they lost their first two and have won six, well, seven straight now. And Harden's averaging 27 points, 11 assists and about nine rebounds on 52, 44 and 87. Kyrie, on the other hand, is averaging 28 about six assists and four rebounds on 50, 36, and 82. And the thing that stands out right now is that the Nets are 6-1 and one versus the Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Bucks, and Sixers. And they're 12-2 and two versus the top 14 teams. So that, that's a lot of stats, I know. So just bear with me. But do you think any Western Conference team should worry about the Nets or are they just going to flame out and just disintegrate? Kind of like what oh, Daniel's saying. Uh, absolutely, they should be. Any Western Conference team in championship contention should worry about the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, after all, have three of the, three of the best scores in uh, in today's modern NBA game. They have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, who's who's absolutely averaging MVP like numbers right now. Uh, you know, the NBA is a it, it, let's let's be on let's let's admit it. They are it's a league that thrives on superstars. Superstars will get you far in the NBA, and especially and they will get you deep in the playoffs. Now, will, will I think they will win it all? No, like, again, there is no defense on this squad. They will eventually, inevitably, flame out. Uh, will it be hard to take them down? Absolutely. So, yes, the Brooklyn Nets are an absolute threat. Um, they might not win it all, but they're going to give people trouble. You know, the Brooklyn Nets are constructed like, you know, uh, Jared, you, you went to St. John Bosco, right? Yeah. And y'all just amazing in football. So I'm pretty sure a lot of teams that face St. John Bosco are like, oh, I'm kind of, you know, there's <laughs> kind of a little hesitant. Like those are the big dogs, right? And I think that's what the league, some of the league is kind of, you know, that's how they're looking at the Nets. Like we, we don't know how to like approach this situation. We don't know how to approach this scenario. Kind of like Lynn Sanity, you know, he came in, he was balling out of control. And then after a while, kind of just true averaged out and I think that's what's going to happen in the playoffs already I'm already a a known Nets hater I don't want them to win uh they are offensive juggernaut and I think what's making them so good is they're playing motivated like it it, it dawned on me it dawned on me when when I watched the Lakers play against them given Anthony Davis was out and if he was in (laughs) would have been a different story but Mm -hmm. I that game I saw something different at Kyrie I don't know I saw something different at James Harden and I think that is what's kind of making them scary 
for Western Conference teams. If they go back to their usual, you know, just playing basketball, you know, it's whatever, then Kyrie Irving himself, you see he's posting on IG, all types of stuff, but big shout out for the Kobe logo. I'm all for it. Let's sign the petition. Let's have Kobe Bryant be the new logo of the NBA. Mm -hmm. But he's being himself. James Harden is being himself. Kevin Durant's being himself. And I think that's what's the scary part of this. But as a Western Conference team, you don't need to worry about the East yet because you see how many – we. We tough from seeds one to, to eight. We tough. So you got to get past that first, especially the Lakers. You dig? I, I, no doubt. I no just want to say, I just, I just want sorry to cut you off, but I just want to say one last thing. What makes them even more threatening is that they're, they're all, they're like six and one against, you know, obviously proven championship contending teams. And you need to beat those teams coming into the playoffs, but there's so, only one championship team on ahead. that list. The Lakers. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and, and that's the thing I've, I've said from the beginning on this that I think it's going to be Lakers Nets in the finals. And so for me personally, uh, the way you phrase the question, no, I don't think Western Conference teams need to worry in the sense that I think the Lakers are coming out of the West and I think that they will beat the Brooklyn Nets if they are at full health. That doesn't mean, though, that the Brooklyn Nets are not an extremely dangerous team, especially if you're in the Eastern Conference. And it's, as G said, man, KD, Kyrie, and Harden are all being themselves. Harden is averaging career highs in assists and rebounds on the Nets right now. He's playing out of his mind. We saw that game where he hit the game winner and was just balling out of control, making the Brooklyn Nets his own version of the Houston Rockets. And yes, Shout out to Kyrie Irving. Let's make Kobe Bryant the NBA logo. Jerry West said it himself. Kobe Bryant should be the NBA logo. For those of you who don't know, Jerry West is the current NBA logo. And so, yeah, we got to make Kobe doing a fadeaway in a silhouette the NBA logo because that's also much more traditional of, right, NBA, nice jump shot, difficult jump shot, MJ. I want to see Kobe doing a fade as the logo. But, uh, no, I don't necessarily think Western Conference teams need to worry about the Brooklyn Nets because it's going to be the Lakers on that and the Lakers. Are going to win the chip. Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't necessarily be worried because you you'd be thinking too far ahead. You'd already be thinking about the finals. You shouldn't be worried about the other conference in general. And uh, uh, what you were saying about how you were watching them and and you see something different. To me, that's hope, right? It's hope from James Harden being like, "Oh, I got a real squad here. Like I'm gonna uh, to to make a point." And here's the thing that I have been saying. And it hasn't been talked about a ton yet, but I want to see what you guys think of it. James Harden is a great player, great regular season player. A lot of the fouls that he gets called are not called in the postseason or later. His tricks run out. His energy runs out. Now that he's not going to have to do that stuff anymore, he's going to have other guys. He's not going to be needing to try and get foul on every three-point opportunity. Mm -hmm. He's not going to need to be burning all of his fuel. I think we're going to see the best playoff James Harden that we've ever seen, and it will have nothing more to do with than he actually has like guys that he trusts around him. Because when he had Westbrook, he tried to do too much. When he had uh, CP3, he tried to do too much. So I think his renewed hope of playing next to guys he believes in is the most dangerous thing that that we're seeing with the Nets. And I'm a bigger believer of them than I was before, especially because I don't know in the East who's going to play defense and beat them at a seven game. I just don't trust Giannis. Yeah. I just, he's Patrick Ewing of my generation. Thanks a lot. Uh, I, mean, I absolutely agree with you there, uh, Tony. 
Uh, it's just like it's the pure fact that James Harden doesn't have that. He doesn't have as much responsibility as he used to. I don't think James Harden, his personality is built to be a number one on a franchise or the face of the franchise in general. He was more built to be a two or three, a sidekick to, to a much better player. And he has that now in Brooklyn. So I, yeah, you're, I think you're 110% right. We're going to get the most lethal James Harden we've ever seen in the playoffs. And simply because he has better teammates around. Him. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I get it. I understand. I get what you're saying, but I feel like, he he's going to be good. He's going to be good. Right. Cause less responsibility, but to use words like lethal, you, you, you can't, the only person that's getting that label is Kevin Durant. They're going to win yeah. because of Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. If it's a close game, it, the ball should be in Kevin Durant's hands. He's the most clutchest player on that Nets team. He's the leader of that team. Oh yeah. In my Take opinion, for me. Kyrie Irving's having a great season. He's reaching the potential that I we've all wanted to see, but I just, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant, but Absolutely. He's going to be a sidekick, a Robin to uh, uh, the Batman or whatever, whatever you want to say. Um, but I just want to see them. I want to see them play against a team where it's not going to be the offense that's matching them, but somebody that's just hot, that just can cook them. Because what are they going to do? That's what I want to see. I want to see a player like, let's just say Devin Booker, but I don't see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> let's say like Devin Booker, because just for the uh, sakes of argument, I want to see him go off for 50, 60 points against them and see what they do. What kind of matchups are they going to do? Is Steve Nash capable of coming up with a defensive scheme that's going to be able to stop a player? Will they, will they get frustrated? Will they argue with each other? So I want to see, because I don't, I don't see a team, unless a team is able to do it, unless a team is just all focused in um, just killing them all over the place. I want to see what happens when some offense meets them on a bad night. And that'll kind of, I don't even know what the question is. I kind of just went on. The well, I now. think the Sixers, <laughs> I think the Sixers would have the uh, offensive firepower if Embiid is healthy. And Tobias Harris, I think, is one of the more underrated, forgotten about players in this league. Uh, we've made fun of contracts that he's gotten in the past. And when I say lethal, uh, if you're referring to how I was talking about James Harden, I mean his ability to focus on his distribution skills, right? Like, if if it comes down to a final shot between those three, it's it's Kevin Durant. I want him in the mid range. I want him in the three pointer. That's the guy that I want. Uh, but I'm just talking about his ability to affect a full game is going to yeah. be on a different level than we've ever seen James Harden, and that's the part that worries me as a as a basketball fan who wants nothing more than them to crumble in the first round against the New York Knicks. And Tony, I, I like your take on a hopeful James Harden because to me, James Harden has looked almost checked out in playoffs past. Like he gives up on his guys. Like he doesn't think they have what it takes. And then of course we all know the Chris Paul injury and then them missing all those threes against the Warriors. And that was kind of their shot. But again, checked out and in this case for him to be able to trust his guys and go at it in the playoffs I do see I do see a renewed James Harden I do see the best James Harden in the playoffs that we've ever seen because also James Harden has more to prove in the playoffs than Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because he doesn't have a ring he doesn't have a ring and they do and so that's why I think James Harden will go very hard in the playoffs and uh, show people what they're missing out on and go for a nice old finals loss to the Lakers. Yeah, and, and I agree that James Harden will be lethal when it comes to playoff time now that he's, you know, the third, the second, third fiddle. But who else after them, right? You got Joe Harris and, you know, cool. You have Jeff Green, Timothy Luau Cabarro, TLC. Shout out to him. 
but there's not necessarily apart from those three they're scoring 25 a game which is the first time i think the nets have ever had anyone score more than 25 in their history so that's just an achievement in and of itself but you also have to factor in like defenses will start to clamp down like joe harris is not going to average 13 he's going to average maybe like 10 or 9 on sub 40 percent shooting right and then that's just going to trickle down so yes james harden will be more lethal but how effective will his lethality be that's yet to be determined actually so it's an interesting question i'll give it that and it's something that we should really really think about when it you know comes time for it but you know just a one more thing here before we wrap things up. Tony, you've been talking about contracts and you mentioned the Mavs earlier. Well, let me get your guys' take on this because the Mavs have been quietly, quote unquote, quietly gauging KP's trade value. He's um he's a great player offensively. His injuries have really derailed him defensively. He can barely move. But then again, you know, he just came back a few weeks ago and he's still owed about three you know three years left on a 158 million dollar contract so do you guys think that this should be something more than it is or it's just you know just news just things that we shouldn't really care about i don't know this is kind of tricky for me um it kind of gives me it's obvious that this dallas team needs more help as luca is literally carrying them into the playoffs uh kp though is when healthy is a terrific a partner for a, a player like Luca, so I, I lean towards. If I'm Dallas, I lean towards in the realm of keeping him near Dallas for the foreseeable future. Because as of right now, who are you gonna pair? Who are you gonna pair Luca with? Because I like, I don't really see any more key free agents coming down unless unless you know Kawhi or like a Paul George like says I'm 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 gonna leave my present team. Paul George signed a contract extension. Oh yes, he did. I I forgot brain fart right there. But yeah, but um, but we do know that players like Kawhi, they do have contract opt outs coming up soon. Yeah, uh, I'm leaning more towards let's start thinking realistically what we could get a return for uh, KP. I understand he gets injured often. Yeah, yeah I, so I understand. Go ahead. It's really interesting you bring that up because I was right. I was uh, talking with someone who follows and covers the Dallas Mavericks, and she said that it's not necessarily what they can, what you think they'd get for him, right? Because she's thinking maybe the the Mavs can get like you know a Beal or a Brown, but KP wouldn't be the centerpiece. He'd be like the ancillary piece. He'd be like you know with Brun- Jalen Brunson or you know Josh Richardson or something like that, and maybe. Do they have any draft picks? No, right? Because they gave most of them to, to New York in that trade, right? Yes. So they would be, if Brown or Beal becomes available at some point, if at all, then they're going to try and swing for that. That's what she thinks. And honestly, I think I would agree with that. But go ahead, G. I mean, the players that were named, they're, they're, they're not really significant for the Mavericks. I mean, Josh Richardson is having a down year. I know Bernson is doing... Uh, solid, but right. I mean that's worth that's worth it for a Bradley Bill. I mean that's a lot of offense. Um, I just, but I just still lean towards it. Like he doesn't play for this team. Like he, how many games has he played since he's coming to the Mavericks? You know, um, it is just reminding me of a lot of Yao Ming now. Like towards the end of his career, he's uh, same same like over seven feet, can't dodge, keeps dodging. I mean, can't keeps dodging being available, and that's ability being able to play. So. 
try to get as much as you can before he's really damaged goods and you can't get anything for him. So that's my take on it. Wow. Yeah, no doubt for, for me personally, I remember one time on the show, we said, you know, the Spurs are up for something big. That was some news that was legitimately reported. And to me, this sounds a little bit more legitimate than that, but it still sounds a little bit like that quietly gauging trade value. It's a little bit too vague for me. I don't make much news of it, but Whoever did report it was definitely getting a conversation going because when Luca is as good as he is, and yes, let me reiterate, I love Luca Doncic, uh, <laughs> and so when Luca is as good as he is, it, like you got to be getting results. And Luca is still really young, but you know by next year, Porzingis isn't playing because you know Porzingis really KD, one of the original unicorns, called KP a unicorn. KD called KP a unicorn. That's like a tongue twister right there. But still, uh, Porzingis is a really special player as far as talent, as far as skill set, as far as his size, as far as being able to shoot. And he has so much potential, and you don't want to see it wasted. And so, but if that's going to happen, they got to make some moves. But right now, I don't see anything too much happening. And I hope Luca and Porzingis can find a way to make it work because I always thought they'd be a really nice duo. He's not injured again, is he? Like, am I missing something about hasn't he been playing pretty well over the past couple of weeks? Like, he missed the last game with a back injury. Okay, there's yeah, go again. Come on, come on, Porzingis. Why, why can't he just live up to what he, he could be? And just like, you know, my, my thing is always like, what are the guys that are staying healthy doing? Like, I would go and I'd I would stock Tom Brady and Russell Wilson or LeBron James. And I would say like, are you sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber? What, what are you doing to keep your body so fresh? Are you feasting on the blood of, you know, like he, what is happening that you get to stay healthy and I don't get to, because this guy's seven, three. And I watched a game a couple of weeks ago. I forget who it was. And he was just shooting lasers. I was like, he's, shooting down into the basket like he's so high up there that I guess everybody's for sale and you have to seek trade value especially if somebody's willing to move off of like I don't know how you guys feel about Carl Anthony Towns on this podcast but I'd like to see him get out of Minnesota and go somewhere to a better run organization and play with somebody like Luca if you could move a team that's just like uh I want to move on you know, from this and we're looking for something in return that will, you know, like you guys said, 40 games a year, he'll be able to play and sell some tickets. Hey, he wants to see the unicorns in the lineup tonight and he'll limp out ace bandages, (laughs) ice packs. Maybe the cold will be good for him. Maybe he can sleep in snow banks, like, you know, some sort of cryotherapy and he'll get on the court again. I don't know. I want to see it work. Yeah. Like Cat and Luca Doncic, though. Wow, that's an, that's an interesting duo. Neither, and, you know, neither really plays defense, though. Yeah, that's, what, that's my main thing. Like, uh, wouldn't that be the same player? Like, you're just getting yes. a much more reliable person in, you know, Cat. But at the same time, none of them can play defense. So it's it's kind of like I think Cat needs a new start. And I could see I could see right. that being a good scenario for him. Trade for PJ Tucker. Come on, we'll put the team together I, uh, right now. I also yeah, find exactly, exactly. I, I also find Carl Anthony Towns to be overrated, but that's that's that another is. point. I I don't dis, I, I just think that he's his offensive game is so nice, and that we forget about how effective he could be if he played for if if Carl Anthony Towns went to Boston. 
the Celtics would be so much better off with that because they exactly. play such good team defense. So if you mm-hmm. could have that guy and you could score in the middle with him and, and what do you give up Kemba, but then you get to bring back smart at some point, that Celtics team is pretty nasty with cat in the center. That's all warriors. Get rid of James Wiseman, bring cat over. <laughs> I think it's I kinda, like that. All, all this talk about Cat is kind of weird because coming out of college, one of the reasons why people preferred Carl Anthony Towns over Edge Hill Okafor was because Carl Anthony Towns was a monster on defense, but that quickly changed once he caught to the NBA for some reason. It completely flipped. Well, that's because very monster. Few, to me, very few people <laughs> get paid to play defense. You don't get contracts and commercials and you don't get all the love and adulation from playing defense, right? Yeah. Unless you're sp- it's a very specific skill set, right? Bruce Bowen, nobody cared about him, right? But if Bruce Bowen could have poured in points like Manu Ginobili, we love those guys. Both effective for the Spurs. Just, just It's more excitement to watch the other guy than a guy who plays defense. So what's the point? You waste all that energy on defense? Kobe's career could have been extended in this generation because nobody plays yep regular season defense and Kobe could have been like, all right, you guys just want to score a bunch. <laughs> Nobody does it yeah. better than me, homie. Let's, let's toss it up. I'm going to go for oh, 50 man. a night in this league. Yeah. And most underrated defender, Kobe Bryant. Facts. 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 I know, but, but my thing is why he wouldn't waste energy in this generation. Like he just wouldn't, he'd be like, all right, where well, everybody wants to play to, to 125 or 130. Guess who's going to win most of those games? Kobe Bryant. But yeah. see that mama mentality. I just had to say it because I got the piece up there. He will be. He will be that mother <laughs> that says I'm locking this dude yeah. down. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. You ain't scoring that on me. And there's nobody like that in the league now. Unfortunately, he the, made the oh, Devin Booker. Huh? Come on, Rel. Don't don't give up. He's so close. Defense. No. <laughs> oh, oh. Kobe made the whole league better. Uh, that's what happened yeah. at the 2008 Olympics. He forced everyone else to practice as much as he did. And so that I, I'm not even joking. Like he single-handedly impacted the league with his defense. And since he's retired, people don't play as much defense because you have to go hard in that case. So that's my take on it. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about offense and we'll end on this note. You know, big shout out to Zach Levine because the first time All-Star, I don't know if you guys saw the video on Twitter, but he got surprised by his family, friends, and all the people that is that are close to him. They surprised him on a Zoom call because he's a first time All-Star. Shout out to him. And we're talking about offense. And here's a little bit of a, a crazy stat for you guys. So in the month of February, his 32 points per game is tied for the 31st best scoring month in Bulls history. Can you guess who has spots numbers 1 through 30 and 33 through 46? Okay. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Give me a second. I you believe, all the time you would need. if I'm not mistaken, it is Eddie Curry. Ooh. <laughs> no. What say, what say you, Daniel? We got Eddie Curry. We got MJ. What do you say, Daniel and Skyler? Uh, Tyson Jim. Uh, this is going to be me pulling out my, my, my ass. Uh, Derek Rose. Ooh, Derek Rose. Okay. So we've got a whole smattering here, Skylar. Let's go with Lou Dang. Lou Dang. Dang, man. You were you guys were <laughs> kind of close. It was Jamal Crawford. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Dude, it's Michael, Michael Jordan. Michael, oh, oh no way. Right? Such a I did not see this coming. Michael really Jordan. Really quite an underrated player, Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. 
doesn't get talked Extreme, about enough. Extremely underrated, you know, all the yeah. things that he did. I don't, I don't see people talking about him enough, you know, especially <laughs> in the, in the realm of LeBron nowadays, never see him in conversation, but you know, I mean, shout out to Zach. Definitely Levine. underrated with LeBron. I know people say goat. I'm like, you guys got a point. I mean, I'm like, you know, okay. He's, he was, yeah. Good. Yeah. He, people say goat. He played like a goat, but you know, whatever, but goat yeah. Shout out to Zach Levine though. Like he is yeah. freaking killing it, you know? He's doing great, making the Bulls fun to watch again, which is something uh, I didn't, I didn't think I'd say. But go ahead, Daniel. Uh, most one of the mo- one of the most underrated players in all of basketball right now. Uh, he has, yeah, I I agree with you. He has made the Chicago Bulls. Uh, let's face it, they haven't for the, for the exception of that time with Derrick Rose, that they have not been relevant since Michael Jordan. That's that shows you how an incompetent organization the Chicago Bulls have been over the years. Uh, I think he deserves all the recognition he can get. And, you know, just amazed how much his game has changed um, since coming from Minnesota. That's interesting you bring up Derrick Rose, too, because he was actually on the list, but he didn't count because in the month of October, I think during the 2011 season, he averaged, I think, 33 points, but it was only for two games. So, you know, whatever. That that doesn't really count as much. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's been a... It's been a really fun kind of situation here, you know, talking about things that count. But, you know, Tony, we're really glad to have you on. I mean, it's it was a pleasure. It was an honor, you know. But if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, go to my Instagram. Everything else will be there. Uh, love talking sports, talking trash. Any of you gentlemen want to come on, uh, talk hoops with me. It's uh, it's fun. I've been doing a lot of live shows at 1 p.m. If you guys want to come on and talk hoops, let's do it. Argue, get loud and messy. Well, I know we could, we'll have some shouting battles. Skyler <laughs> will dedicate a full 20 minutes to Devin Booker. Um, and Daniel, you can tell me about all the players the Lakers should be picking up. It'll be a good time. Yeah, it'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah. And you know what else is going to be a good time? If everyone out there doesn't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. And lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. And again, big shout out to Tony for hopping on. We really appreciate it, dude. Like this has been a blast just having another kind of like viewpoint on the things we usually talk about. So thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Hopefully uh, I, didn't, I didn't say anything offensive or off too crazy off the wall where I find it on Twitter or Instagram. Sound nah, like a jerk. Well, now nah, you'll be fine, dude. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, I'm Daniel Mohan. And as of this moment, I don't really have any random celebrity to shout out to. So and uh, joining me as well. It's 224. Celebrate life, like Skylar said. Remember this time last year, but some more happiness going on here. It's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course, we have. Uh, what up? This is Skylar. And yeah, just when Jarrell said that, I, I got to bring up Michael Jordan standing in front of two lit up Kobe Bryant jerseys. It was like my defining moment as a basketball fan. So I look to celebrate that. Uh, before we go, though, prayers up for Tiger Woods. I was a sports anchor yes. on Enberg TV News yesterday. Had to cover the breaking news and got to interview my cousin who co-wrote a book with Tiger Woods. And one of the 
when we're talking the go-to goats, Tiger Woods is right there. So prayers up for Tiger, speedy recovery, and whether he comes back on the golf course or just to enjoy life with his family, all the best wishes to him. And joining us, we have our special guest. I just made that connection, Skylar. Great, great piece. I saw it today on there. It was absolutely fantastic. I saw it. Tony Tucker, thank you for having me, gentlemen. We will always be happy to have you on, and we will see everyone else next week. <laughs>